0: Thanks to the groundbreaking work of the Owens, we know that cloning can duplicate an individual from a single genetic strand.
1: Wow. What my work explored was the hopes of combining multiple strands... Why are they just letting them talk about this? That's what I'm wondering. More criminal. This is like Nazis talking about their experiments in front of a bunch of the world. It's... It's quite fast. Well, you know,
0: there's a lot of subscribers First to that kind of ideology. That's are like, Yes, we're listening. We're I allowed we're to talk about, to about this it. now. Yeah. We have freedom <laughs> of speech in the new republic yeah. now. They can't arrest us anymore.
1: That's right. Of course. Shall we? Would you mind if I stay? She's evil. <laughs> She's like hardcore evil. I still care about him. Of course you do. Yes. You're welcome to stay.
0: I just don't understand how they gave them. Any of them second chances,
1: no, and like I don't understand she- how that guy clearly is like, I'll leave you alone with the ability to do whatever you want to him.
0: Yeah, well, yes,
1: this moment for sure, but yeah. It-
0: They were fighting for Moff Gideon 10 years after the Battle of Endor. Exactly. Like, these were like true believers. (laughs) Yeah,
1: fanatical. (laughs) You can't say these people
0: were just following orders. There was a new (laughs) republic that they could have worked for, and they chose to work for the empire. They could
1: have deserted the empire anytime after its collapse.
0: Anybody, they would have been welcomed with open arms. No, these people had no no second chances for these (laughs) fers. Welcome back to New Rock Stars, and are Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni on a crusade to right the wrongs of every past Star Wars movie? If so,
1: Dank Dang Farrick, Eric, I was late. I was late, but I'm enthused. It's because I'm still so shooken up. Understandably so. What an interesting
0: episode. Yeah. And we might be in a sequel redemption process right now. It's a difficult feeling we're going through, but I think we can trust Dave Filoni and John Favreau to do everything they can to make us feel better about any era of Star Wars. Absolutely. This is the Break Room presents Wookiee Leaks. It's our weekly Mandalorian after show, and this uh, week we are talking about Chapter Nineteen, mm. the Convert. Yeah. This week we're back in our respective blue dungeons because I caught Tommy cranking the intensity of my Mind Flayer, and I, and I don't <laughs> want to be in the same room as him anymore. It's just so tricky. He's a you friend. Know, I, <laughs>
1: You are just trying to zap the more, like, uh, triggering parts of my memories. That's right. I want you to forget that one cartel show we had in 2014. But you know what? That was the one show where I actually had a good show, Tom. All the
0: other ones, you had good shows. That's why, like, oh, Eric had a fun second beat tag in there. I only want you to remember
1: my glory.
0: I'm Eric Voss, and my Easter egg breakdown is coming tomorrow, God willing. Ah! Right now... I'm here discussing this episode with my best friend, Tommy Bechtold. Hi, Tommy.
1: Eric, so happy to see you. And I got to be honest, let's talk about what the Fet happened in this episode. Din. it. Bo-Katan and Grogu are leaving the living waters. But first, Bo has a quick question for Din. Hey, when I was rescuing you or when you were falling to your death, did you see anything in those waters? And he's like... Only redemption, baby. All I saw was sweet, (laughs) sweet redemption. And Bo's like, sounds good. Let's get off this rock. And unfortunately, (laughs) that plan is interrupted by TIE interceptors, which did notes are a lot more effective than TIE fighters and difficult to take out. Yeah. So, they flee to Calvala and they defeat the first wave of interceptors, Eric, but Din gets his n one ship back only to watch the second wave of ship destroy that Kree's family castle. I so many family memories. Uh oh, that poor servant droid is yeah. somewhere in the rubble there. I like to think he's okay and maybe he's just going to live amongst the rubble with the little animals, but uh I I also think the interesting thing is uh Bo mentions that she scrugged off a lot of warlords in her time. So, I'm a little curious yeah. as to what warlord is targeting, targeting her right now. You know, is it right? And why now? Yeah, like why did they? Were they following her back from
0: Mandalore? Yes. Like it was pretty. Conv- if this is someone who had an axe to grind with her, yeah. they, they kind of
1: chose right now to bomb yeah. her place. This, I agree. It's so, Bo, Dan, Grogu, and R4D5, who really had a tough go of it in his minimal scene time today, they escape into a, a mysterious hyperspace coordinates. Meanwhile, on Coruscant, Dr. Pershing has joined the New Republic Amnesty Program and is giving a speech as part of his rehabilitation. And in that speech, he's explaining how they could just do the old things the Empire did to make things, to make the what New a, Republic great again. What a bizarre.
0: Speech, Uh, uh, just a bizarre context of it like I understand like big picture they're trying to fill in the gaps of, of the sequel. And we'll talk about that more. But they're trying to like set up the sequel trilogy in the first order. Yeah. But like, was this part of his rehabilitation? Or just like was this parole officer like, okay, fine, you can do this? Mm. Like, I just think it's so weird yeah. that a that a new republic who banned cloning would allow a former Nazi to come out in front of everyone and say, like, hey, but here's the eugenics stuff we were trying to do actually, and mm. how it was actually a good thing right like I, I understand that his mom needed a heart transplant but right. like
1: does it need to be a ted talk like, I, uh, what also my my thing eric is and we'll get into it is like how, how much do you really believe any of these people anyway like did his mom need a heart transplant is katie o'brien's character well, he, telling a true he tugged story tugged his ear
0: he tugged his ear, which oh. tells us that he's telling the truth. Oh, like the, he
1: cannot tell a lie
0: if he's uh, tugging his ear. Okay, does that seem like a, the most obvious yeah. poker tell in the yeah. world? Like, almost
1: like wink, wink. Yeah, finger on the nose. When I tug my belly button, that's when I'm hungry. All right. Anyway, Katie <laughs> O'Brien's character, who we're going to call Comms Officer until later in this in this recap, because that's her name until for now. She was the Comms uh-huh. Officer in Moff Gideon's ship. She watches on, kind of interested. Dr. Pershing arrives at the Amnesty housing and chats with uh, about the good old days with some of the other recovering bad guys. And they're all like, man, don't you miss the food sometimes? Remember when we were just wiping out planets for no reason? Remember that giant Death Star destroyed Alderaan? That was a lot of fun. Anyway. I was- mean,
0: how how bad are things in the New Republic if they're nostalgic for the Empire? Right. Like, everything that we've seen in Star Wars is that people who are, like, forced to fight for the Empire or, mm-hmm. like, are drafted aren't having a good time. What they're talking about are these kits that have like these freeze-dried food in it. You have to imagine at least being in like, in whatever the Hong Kong of the universe, whatever we want to call Coruscant, the Singapore, the New York City, the London... Like, the food's got to be at least a bit better than just getting,
1: like, freeze-dried packs of, Absol- of biscuits. A- absolutely, how- but then again, we are yeah. li- currently living in a society that's like, Nixon and Reagan were actually pretty good presidents. Anyway. I think that's what it is. I think it's all an indictment on the <laughs> yeah. New Republic and yeah. just how bad the New that's Republic okay. is. So we see the doctor and the comms officer taking a stroll through George Lucas's mind, a.k.a. Downtown Coruscant. <laughs> this episode, to me, that was the second time so far in this early season that we've seen them just be like, Let's paint a picture that's going to make George Lucas go, oh boy, there were all sorts (laughs) of CGI aliens. There were, uh, I want to get this right, photon fizzes? Proton fizzes? Those little, like, 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 I'm going to, let me, uh let me buy you a proton fizz. Eric, let me take you out for a proton fizz sometime.
0: Um, Yeah, I think you and I were forced to drink as many proton fizzes as we could during Fitness
1: Origins. That's right. We just had to
0: just (laughs) chug those down until we threw up. That was the
1: plan. And that's why I still cry tears of blood. Now, at his job, Dr. Pershing has been demoted to just a simple archivist. The comms officer, Katie O'Brien, once again, convinces Dr. Pershing to continue his research as they head to a shipyard to go get him some supplies to do so. Tong days, am I right, Eric? God, Tong Days. (laughs) I yeah, I think the whole I was very fascinated
0: by this arc. And specifically the twist of it when yeah. you go back to rewatch it. Yeah. Because now I'm just wondering, did the new Republic keep these Imperial shipyards there just to lure in yeah. old nostalgic war criminals so there's, that they can like say, gotcha. There's you some sort of back in jail.
1: There's some new Republic, Chris Harrison. that's like, can you have a seat? Can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> Dr. Pershing, can you, can you have a seat? Do you understand what you were doing? Why do you got a pack some, why you got a why you got a six pack of Mike Hard lemonade there? Uh, anyway, Some of those damn ticket (laughs) droids are making things difficult. So Pershing and the comms have to leap off the train conveniently right onto a Star Destroyer with the things they need. I do love Star Destroyer. Well, again,
0: again, they leap off the train. Did these New Republic entrapping amnesty um, parole officers set up a mattress there just to be like, okay, and then you'll jump right here and you'll both survive. Our our droids on the train will move real
1: slow as to not arrest you. Like, it's all very convenient. Given how devious this comms officer, who now gets a name, Eliah Kane, is, I have mm-hmm. no doubt that this whole thing was elaborately planned by her. I mean, she seems as evil as Moff Gideon. Uh, oh, she's done this before. Yeah, she's, she's got like uh, the
0: record in the New Amnesty offices of people of like.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like their <laughs> to stop parole or violators. I not Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's she's dogged the bounty hunter for this. But so anyway. She says her name's Elijah Kane, but how could we possibly know that? Because everything she said has been revealed to be a lie, or at least something to set up Dr. Pershing, who is arrested. Now the amnesty program plans on giving him just a light little mental reset until Kane turns the mind flare up to 11 and seems pretty pleased with herself doing it. She takes a little celebratory biscuit bite. She's like, "Hell yeah! I just uh, the only person who showed me kindness in the last 15 years." Is now uh, scrambled eggs and tossed salad. Uh, anyway, because he just got mind flasured Meanwhile, Din and Bo with Grogu in tow, which is my, uh, is what I would call my children's book about the Mandalorian. Din and Bo with Grogu in tow arrive at the uh, at Mando's old Mandalorian covert, and he has been redeemed, baby. Everybody celebrates except Paz Vizsla, who I assume looks like this under his helmet. Yep. With a real
0: mm. like a beautifully waxed mustache of Tate Fletcher, who I'm yeah. I may be wrong, but they I don't know if they've ever credited John Favreau as the voice, but here nice. they just credited the entire character as Paz Viesla, Paz right. Viesla, or, or as Tate Fletcher. Tate Fletcher's always been doing the physical performance mm-hmm. of the character. I think at this point he's also doing the voice. Oh okay. Which is great for Tate Fletcher. Yeah. Because the guy can the guy can talk as
1: That's well right. as put on a hell of a physical performance. I agree. And I and I and I love that character, just a stout Massive Mandalorian. Speaking of stout and massive, Eric, we're wearing some comfortable shirts that are available over at our merch partners at nerdriot.shop. They have some great new Mandalorian-inspired items in their new The Way collection, including uh, the Foundling shirt and a shirt called the Bounty Hunter with designs inspired by the Beskar steels of Mandalore. If you purchase one of these shirts, you can opt to unlock a shout-out on this show, like this one from Mark Bell, R.I.P. Cad Bane. Or... This one from Jacob Rickard. Best Mandalorian seasons yet. Love everyone at New Rockstars. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, we appreciate that, Jacob. Now, visit nerdriot.shop to grab one of these great designs and don't take it off until the finale in two months. Be like me. No showers, no close changes, no relationships, (laughs) no happiness.
0: (laughs) All right, Tommy, what is the
1: first question we're
0: asking here is
1: the amnesty program just a sleeper cell for the first order Is this like the first order origin story somehow palpatine returned finally explained yes i mean it looks to be the case there and i like i'm interested
0: to see where they go with this for sure um i think it's a very bold and ballsy move by Dave Filoni and his team mm. to even touch that third rail of Star Wars fandom. But if anybody can do it, they can. Yeah. Um, like, this whole... I mean, that's now a meme now of, like, somehow Palpatine yes. returned from, from The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. We know cloning was involved. But, you know, this also seemed to be something they were planning to do from the first season. It's yeah. not like he he turned... the. The first episode of The Mandalorian introduced Grogu, and that came out, uh, what, about a month before The Rise of Skywalker did? So we know that this was always part of the plan. It's just been interesting to see this season of The Mandalorian suddenly take that turn, because the the first two episodes seemed wholly about the Mandalorian mythology and their culture, their rituals, and their traditions. But I think that Uh, kind
1: of, if you look at the first two seasons... And then the first two episodes, it they one thing they do is they take their time, getting to the getting to these like uh, kind of filling in the gaps of of what led to the sequels. You know, it's like the first season. Obviously, we get some information. We get the we get Grogu. We get the kind of all of the things with um, what's his name Werner Herzog's character. It's like we learn that yes. there's something up. Second season, I think, is when we finally see the clone facility, right? And We see all the weird kind of. Um we half hear, made. Yeah, guys. The, the yeah, the pre-snoke. Yeah. Pre-snoke in the tank. Pre-snoke. By the way, kids are smoking pre-snoke on the streets these days. Guys, don't do it. You're gonna get popcorn lung. Uh so <laughs> anyway, yeah. I think I think that one thing that they do in order to kind of like they're doing this repair slowly. This is a slow or not repair, but I mean repair sounds cynical, but like they are they're filling in the gaps and making the the sequel experience perhaps more of uh, something that makes sense to Star Wars fans with with a thousand little moves rather than just one giant scroll that literally says somehow Palpatine returned,
0: you know? Or, yeah, or Oscar Isaac just drops the line. I mean, poor Oscar Isaac. Or, yeah. That guy did great work yes. in those three films. Yes, and not, I was, like, I, I, that's what I his mean. legacy, His legacy is reduced yeah. <laughs> to just that, those yeah. three words. Again, if anybody can do it, Dave Filoni can. And... Like I think as much as some sections of the fandom don't like the sequel trilogy, I think everyone forgets how much a lot of people did not like the prequel trilogy and how much now we can look back at those movies and appreciate them for all the great things they did mm-hmm. as a result of what Filoni did and, and his team did in Clone Wars. I, I really think that they can do this here. I think the reason why some people maybe react... It's interesting that people say they this is like the, an Andor episode. I'm hmm. like... I don't know if you really got Andor, because Mm. I find Andor to be very interesting. I I understand it's not for everyone, Mm. but, like, what the reason I react the way I do to this episode is it just feels so abrupt. Like, I understand if they want to jump away to, like, Jedi mythology and Grogu's origin, his relationship with Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka, but to jump back to the cloning stuff...
1: So abruptly, literally, we cut to black away from mm. Mando. Yeah, Rican. you're right. This is like, you it doesn't even do a like Star Wars fade across like. Right. Yeah, you're know, just like they, they 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 section they go. But I will say
0: thematically, it does still work because we jump to the, the Mandalorian and then the convert. Mm. So the whole episode, you're wondering, well, who is the convert of the episode? Well, by the episode's end, it's Bo-Katan for sure. She's been converted or at least they're welcoming her. Yeah. Into the children. They're telling watch her, Orthodoxy. She <laughs> Yeah, you're like, no, you are. You didn't mean to, but you've been baptized, so welcome to the church, baby. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> that wasn't rain. That was someone outside the church sprinkling holy water on you, my friend. <laughs> but I think there's a way to look at it, the the convert theme, to to uh, Dr. Penn Pershing as well, like in a kind of a grim outlook where he was forcibly held down and zapped with the mind flayer, and mm. that in a way... Like he was kind of brought in. You you're watching it like, oh, is 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 there going to be some turn where Cain turns to him and says, "Hey, actually, I'm working for this cool guy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He, he, He's Palpatine <laughs> yeah. or he's Thrawn or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Like she's, yeah. you're going to find out that she's part of it and she might still be. In fact, it seems like she is when she mm. dials up that thing that she just wants to cover all of her tracks. Is that how we should look at that moment where she uh, raises the mind flayer to 11 that she just doesn't want any other witnesses that can be traced back to,
1: to Palpatine well, or whatever yeah, form he's I, in right now. I think the reason you think about that or the reason that makes sense is when, uh, when Pershing gets to that table where the other three amnesty program guys are, and then he sees, uh, he sees Kane, he's like, Hey, I didn't expect to see anyone else who worked for Moff Gideon. And the three of them were like, Oh, we had no idea. So obviously she's not being forthcoming with what she did for the empire. Right. So I think right. she saw that as like this guy around with full mental power, uh, is compromising me kind of moving in the shadows, you know, trying to set things yeah. up. Yeah.
0: I am just impressed that, uh, that Kane is able to get to this position where she can be like a double agent for the new Republic. Right. And uh, like, obviously when everyone got arrested, when Moff Gideon went down, anybody who was associated with him also got arrested. And that includes uh, officer Kane. And that mm. includes Dr. Pershing. Mm. Um, what is interesting is that she was able to cut this side deal in the time that Dr. Pershing was still being hunted down mm-hmm. or processed, and she like she seemed to have this like a history with the New Republic, mm-hmm. uh, and that she is able to do this like, the, Mossad didn't hire a former SS,
1: right? Uh, right. You know, yeah. like it's just
0: such a there's no historical. Yeah, it's a re- for it's a this. really
1: weird turn. Now, do you think that like you know in the I don't know how space law works. But getting him (laughs) to ask, you know, getting him to ask that or intergalactic or, you know, Star Wars law works. Do you think the idea of getting him to ask that robot kind of counselor, like, is it okay? Is it unethical or am I allowed to do my own research? Was a way to get like a warrant to like set him up like she needed him to ask that question in an appropriate capacity. Because to me, it was like why do they show us that scene other, you know, if not t- for that end result, you know, like if that was going to be the end result, showing that scene didn't really seem necessary. So it's like, to me, I'm like, are we getting into like the, like, this is how you set people up in the, in the, in the new Republic is you have to get them to start openly saying they might do something bad. And then you get, you have carte blanche to entrap them. Either the new Republic is extremely smart and
0: sophisticated mm. or extremely dumb and incompetent mm. based off of this episode. Uh, Either they have orchestrated everything Dr. Pershing has been going through in his parole loop, including his TED Talk, including all of his interviews with his uh, droid parole officer, um, the little one-on-ones he has with his boss in the archive room, um, all the little side chatter he has in the courtyard of the Amnesty Housing, Mm -hmm. probably that taxi droid who's telling him all these Star Wars Legends Easter eggs of Mm -hmm. the the Skydome Botanical Gardens. Yes. uh, um the molestar yeah like all this stuff either they have orchestrated all that and they're listening to everything every micro expression that he has Mm. looking for tells that he might still be trying to replicate his cloning research or they are extremely dumb and incompetent and letting someone like this looping him back into (laughs) into the new republic culture this whole amnesty program is insane Like, it'd be one thing if several years had passed and then everyone who worked for the Empire was rounded up, arrested, facing their own Nuremberg trials. And this is just something that we did for the ones who really were just following orders. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about ones who just in the previous year, 10 years after the Battle of Endor, (laughs) are continuing to to toe the
1: Empire line and continuing to do
0: horrifying we're research. firing on
1: navarro to try and steal Grogu yeah. <laughs> with photon <cannons>. right <laughs> and are proudly out in the
0: public bragging yeah. about the now th- the night of a thousand tears in the right. purge it's just i don't understand the logic of this mm. like i it just feels like we're moving right past it mm. i can't reconcile it right. Um, but i i'm for now willing to accept that at least within the new republic um <laughs> Eliah Kane is so sophisticated, and that he and that Pershing was targeted for a specific reason. Yeah, I just don't know if the New Republic targeted him. It seems like the New Republic had their eye on him. Right and. And uh, maybe from the moment of his TED Talk, they're like, oh, let's keep an eye on this guy and see if we can lure him back mm. into it. But it seems like the entrapment was something done by Kane to get his research. Sure, She held on to that stuff. Oh, but don't yeah. you think the New Republic would book it back into evidence and that they would have some kind of investigation and wouldn't let her go home with that? That she'd be left alone with this guy? I'm ranting right now, Tommy. Talk me off the ledge. I'm no, sorry.
1: I, think, I think what you're saying makes sense. I think all will be revealed. You know what I'm about to reveal? A perfect smile. Because good health starts with good habits, Eric. And Quip makes it easy. By delivering all the oral care essentials you need to care for that mouth. Their electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations. They keep going as long as dentists recommend you brush, so you don't even have to worry about it if you're doing enough. You know, for me, I always said my rule was one scrub up top, One scrub down below, and that's it. Well, I've got some Quip toothpaste, Eric. Look at this. Now, if you go to getquip.com slash breakroom right now, you get 20% off any Quip water flosser, Quip toothbrush, or Quip's gum starter pack. That's 20% off any water flosser, toothbrush, or gum starter kit at getquip.com slash breakroom. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash breakroom. Quip the good habits company. And we also wanna thank TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done, right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax. Full-service products only, video meeting, well while an expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Eric. Tommy. Let me get back to the episode. Yeah. Who the fat do we think attacked Bo-Katan? Are you thinking Thrawn? Am I thinking Thrawn? Are we going Thrawn here?
0: I hope it's Thrawn. Uh, in fact, I would have loved to have spent more time in this episode. I think structurally, is it? am I just overthinking it that maybe they had a whole Pershing episode and then when they were looking at it in the edit, they're like, I think viewers might be a little torn if we just spend an entire episode mm. in this Pershing plot. Let's Bumper it and end it with some great Mando action that uh, undeniably people will be happy at the beginning and then happy at the end.
1: I think so. I don't think that the goodwill that was met with Mando and Grogu and Luke and Ahsoka appearing in Boba Fett would be reciprocated when those beloved characters were then taken out of an entire episode of Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. I feel like that door opens one way. I think it's um it's either Moff Gideon if he did actually
0: escape, because there right. was that line later in the episode where they're like, Oh, is he taking the Mind Flayer? I heard he escaped. Mm-hmm. Um it's either Moff Gideon gathering his resources. I think it'd be a little soon for that to happen. Um, or it's Thrawn. Um, because she was she said she had ripped off or scugged off, she said, scugged off a couple uh Imperial Warlords. Yeah. Uh but this one seemed like personal. The fact that yeah. they bombed her home castle, yeah, in such they, a fleet. Could... She was surprised. She's like, no Imperial Warlord has that big of a fleet right, right now, except Thrawn.
1: Yeah, Thron Thrawn
0: was the one behind
1: this. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And so what do we think is Bo-Katan's next move? How long do you think she's going to stay with the covert? I think now that she knows that Din, I'm sorry to ask you a question, that immediately answer it. Uh, but that's just how I do things here on Tommy Talks. Uh, I feel like now that she knows Din did not see the Mythosaur, she is currently enacting a plan to take over as the ruler of Mandalore and the Mandalorians. So I don't think that any conversion that is happening here is authentic or longstanding. I think it's probably... She'll stay there as long as she needs to formulate a plan or maybe get some communications out to some allies. Yeah. You know what this is? She is infiltrating the cult right yeah. now. She's not a true believer That's in right. this
0: batshit orthodoxy. Right. She is essentially Daniel Plainview... And there will be blood mm-hmm. infiltrating Eli's church just to get oil drilling rights That's on that for- land. That's all she wants. She doesn't drink the Kool-Aid. She doesn't yeah. care. She drinks she the She knows that he is a false prophet. Yeah. Admit it, you are a false prophet. And then she's going to drink their milkshake. Of all that <laughs> <laughs> fluid, <laughs> she's gonna get a long straw and drink all the living water. Because right our up. girl Bocatan
1: is thirsty. <laughs> she's thirsty. She is thirsty. Ooh, and I'm thirsty for her. Now, do we think Moff Gideon escaped with Elyokane's help? Is he still at large? Or did Elyokane fry his brain the way she zapped Persian? Uh yeah, I don't ooh, to think that she actually uh turned in
0: her like because I go back and forth. Yes, it'd be one thing if we get Giancarlo Esposito back in here, and I think it would just be kind of replaying season one and season two. If 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 yeah. Giancarlo Esposito just comes back uh, and is is regathered his resources, it would make him the ultimate big bad of the series. Right. Uh, my hope is that like a. Giancarlo Esposito is playing Professor X right now for the MCU and he's busy. (laughs) He's got no time to appear on Star Wars at the same time. Uh, And that they introduce Thrawn as a big bad or some part of the Mandalorian cult ideology as the villain of the series. Yeah, that would be my hope. Uh, However, I also think that it'd be more interesting. I mean, if it makes... If Elliot Kane zapped uh, zapped Moff Gideon and brought him to the Mind Flayer that would make that would really elevate her status as a as a villain right now i don't know she's pretty um,
1: evil i mean that the, you know the last sure. 5 minutes of that sequence when she turns on him just her eyes the way she's looking at him with so much like contempt and like it doesn't look like there's any remorse at all really i mean she kind of is like eh. can i speak candidly yes. um i i think all the actors that
0: they bring on these shows definitely bring something to the table i'm really excited for them uh and to see their futures when people compare this to Andor, the reason why that comparison falls apart is when every episode of Mandor, every actor they hired on that show, Diego Luna, mm-hmm. Stellan Skarsgård, Fiona Shaw, we were watching, like, Shakespearean-level actors mm-hmm. just have fascinating dialogue. Yeah. I don't know if I needed to sit with these two actors for 36 minutes of the episode. Sure, I just, sure. I didn't find them that compelling. Look, yeah. I think... Katie O'Brien is an amazing performer. I think some of the stunt work she can do, I think the physical work she can do is great. They put her in this very restrained role, and I think she was making Mm. some interesting acting choices. Mm. But overall, like, it...
1: I didn't like seeing Spycraft from these two characters. Yeah, I f- it feels like we have enough Spycraft already in 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 the uh, Disney Plus Star Wars show. So it's like adding a Spycraft element to what I, is kind of the, of the ultimate space Western show right now is like, all right, well, I, I, I agree. I also think, I agree, like, I think the direction for her when she was supposed to be playing, like, reformed Amnesty uh, participant was a lot of, like, I won't allow myself to really feel anything. <laughs> like, I'm just like, right. Hey, okay, here's some biscuits. I'm friendly, but also, like. I mean, she was kind of honeypotting him, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was a bit of a
0: honeypot maneuver mm-hmm. where she's like, I'll bring you your biscuits. Hey, come find me in the courtyard. Yeah, it was me who gave you those biscuits. And, like, I just didn't really buy it. From this, and I don't really blame the actor so much as I, I blame the writing. I just think the character was written to be so weird on what exact, and yes, there's some mystery to the character, but then once we find out what the character's yeah. real intentions are, it doesn't line up with like the logic of the world mm-hmm. and what we saw them do through, throughout the episode. Yeah. It's just either too, again, the New Republic is either in, like insanely, insanely conspiratorial and, and 4D chessing all of this in a way that doesn't really seem realistic. Or they're just incredibly stupid. That also seems to be. I mean, I guess maybe that's the agenda of all this: is just paint the New Republic as just like so easily subverted well, Eric, by any kind of interest, and that's why the First Order was able to rise.
1: I, I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. I was just saying. I know we're, we're we're talking it. You were talking around it, but it's like yeah. I mean, why else was the empire basically able to return with with new emblems and and a new name? You know, it's like how right y- y- it's the le- don't learn from your past, doomed to repeat it. But it's like they were doomed to repeat it so quickly. <laughs> it was like
0: right, and they did have that line of like, oh, they're dismantling the military, mm-hmm. um, decommissioning, you know, or the, decommissioning uh, the military, right? yeah. yeah, which we know was the case. I mean, that was why uh, Leia kind of broke off in the political mm-hmm. factions. I just like it we we just saw that era of the new republic from just such an interesting angle mm. that i don't it, it was not like when we saw the the imperial era from the, from andor's angle we saw it from almost as like game of thrones level mm. tiered system or the wire where you see the top level brass who are doing spycraft we see the grunts in the trenches who are uh pulling off these heists um we see the imperial investigators we got a sense of why the empire was doing what it was doing and how cruel and and, and inhumane it was here. We're just seeing it from this one kind of closed off place. Yeah. It feels like we're watching 1984 a little bit where a character Mm. is like, he meets someone, but he doesn't know if it's like a spy who he can trust. Um, Also it'd be one thing if like, we were excited for Pershing to be successful. But, like, he's also a guy who's, like, a cloner who was experimenting on Grogu to bring about Snoke. Like, yeah. there's just so many things that we're not rooting for in this equation yeah. that it's kind of hard to just, like, know who who we're rooting for right now. Yes. And, and it's not like in Andor where we're watching a bunch of bad characters do bad things or watching The Last of Us, uh, like, morally compromised characters. Because at least in those situations, we we can kind of, like, say, well, if I were in that situation, I would do this. When I watch this episode, I'm like, if I were in that situation, I would... I would be one of the guys in the courtyard, just continuing to talk about biscuits the whole episode. Right. Exactly,
1: I'm with you. I'd be eating. I'd just be with you, eating proton fizzes, Eric. That's it. Just you and me, holding hands, walking through Coruscant, watching that magician guy make a bird come out of his. Uh... <laughs> Out of his handkerchief. Hey, we saw that courtyard before,
0: right? Didn't Obi Wan and Satine go on a date in that courtyard? That's right. I, I know. I, I heard the Resistance music. They turned yeah. the Resistance March of the Resistance theme into like a carnival <laughs> march, like uh, which that was fun. <laughs> yeah, the Easter eggs it. on this episode were on point. Yeah, I'll give you that. The we're Luke gonna film get those. Team, yeah. Yeah, I'm working on that. Uh, hopefully, that will be able to come out tomorrow. That will yes. be the plan. But this yes. is a fun episode, at least to pull apart from that angle. Um, so we'll leave it there for this episode of WikiLeaks. Hey, I know I was hard on this episode, but you know what? I, I love, I love everything that Dave Filoni is doing with Star Wars. And I and I'm again, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm excited to see where he's going, and I'm happy for him to take this hard task of trying to make sense of the logic of the sequel trilogy, at least in the later installments of the sequel trilogy. Um, And again, my Easter egg breakdown is coming tomorrow. You can follow me at EAVOS. You can follow Tommy at Tommy Told. We'll be back next week to react to episode four. And of course, The Break Room is live every day on New Rockstars at 3 p.m. And uh, hey, if you don't mind, please subscribe to The Deep Dive. This week, we're going to be diving into John Wick. It's a really fun video. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Wookiee Leaks wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for watching. And
1: this This is the way. way.
0: That's how Grogu says it.